All right, welcome to the Peyton Years, your home for Oregon State men's basketball, the only podcast in existence dedicated solely to Oregon State men's basketball. As always, I'm your host, Andy, and I'm here with my friend, Sam. Sam, how are you doing? I'm, you know, I'm doing good, Andy. It's, I, I think that we're, we're at a point in the year, I think most people, obviously, when we hit July on the calendar, the first thought in your heads is, okay, this is when, this is a fun point in the college basketball offseason, you know, like the... The portal is dying down for the most part, but there's still some news there. But rosters are getting set. Teams are getting ready to do their off-season Europe trips and and, uh, and workouts are starting and all that. And I wish we were talking about that stuff right now. But we got some very interesting news just, just a few few days ago at this point. Yeah, this is a somewhat emergency podcast. If it was day of, I guess it would have been emergency, but we, we're on our summer breaks too. But this is, essentially, yeah. uh, this is essentially <laughs> an emergency podcast because me and Sam are just laughing at the thought of being very busy. Um, <laughs> this is an emergency podcast because UCLA and USC are officially leaving the Pac-12 conference for the Big Ten uh, in 2024. So they'll have one more season left with this, uh, the conference. I guess I shouldn't say official. They're in deep negotiation so it looks like everything's going to go ahead for that and people around the country are saying this is the death of the Pac-12. I, I, I and again there's so much of this I don't understand I mean this kind of got thrown at all of us still very very recently I still don't know what to make of all of it I think there's a lot of people that can speak to it more knowledgeably than I can but I will say like first of all this to me, it's not a guarantee this happens still, just given the nature of college realignment. I mean, I can remember when everybody thought Texas and Oklahoma were headed to the Pac-12, that it was a done deal. It was official. And it turns out that that was all lies. And there are still apparently some holdups to it, mainly being Cal Berkeley, right? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into all of it, but all first, right. as always, the Oregon State fight song. More importantly. That song is just as beautiful no matter who you're playing against. No matter who you're playing against, which will be a question for Oregon State to tackle, because uh, we bring in, we're, we sat down with Nick Dashel just a little bit ago. We'll do that interview um, in a little bit, and he has a lot to say about the conference realignment, kind of get a little bit more details on it. But yeah, right now, like Sam said, it seems like the deal is probably going to go through. There's some talk, and I guess California legislature and the UC school system about like if they'll let UCLA go, because UCLA is obviously a public school, it has to abide by some of those laws while USC, which is a private institution, can kind of do what it wants. Um, but it looks like those teams will join the Big Ten. The Big Ten was trying to get Notre Dame to join too. Um, it's, I guess, right now as it stands, saying it's not interested in Oregon or Washington, which are the two other kind of marquee football schools left in the conference. And keep in mind that this is all purely driven by football money. So you got to look at the football teams. No other sport matters, um, apparently, to any of the colleges. Yet it, they're going to be affected in every single way just as much. It's 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 mind-numbing, truly. And, I mean, 
again, that we, we get into it with Dashiell, but I think the biggest point he brought up that I agree with is football needs to become its own thing on the college level. And it doesn't, the other sports don't need to suffer because football controls all the money. And that's what we're seeing. Yeah, that's what we're seeing. And it's, it's still, this just happened. So like Dashiell says in our interview, the ADs are still trying to wrap their head around it. I have heard reports that, you know, like um, earlier, the big 12, when, Texas and Oklahoma left to go to the SEC or said they were going to leave. The Big 12 offered the rest of the schools to the Pac-12 to form kind of a super conference, and they turned that down. So maybe you see something like that happen, some sort of conference realignment. For the love of God, keep Oregon State out of the Mountain West. That's everyone I've told this to keep saying, well, you know, Oregon State will probably just end up in the Mountain West. I do not want that. Do not sell me on the Mountain West. I refuse to go to the Mountain West. Do you want me to give you the pitch, or are you telling no, me I to not even try? No, I stop. I'm telling you to stop giving me the pitch. I, I constantly get the pitch from the Mountain West from a variety of people, not just you. And I don't want to hear it. That's such a major step down. This is a little worrisome for Oregon State because if they shake up the power conference, I just don't want to go to the Mountain West. I want to stay in a power five. I just I don't really see the scenario where the way it lands is the Mountain West is completely intact and they just add Oregon State and Washington State. I, I mean, like, and I'm not going to say that it doesn't make sense to me. I just feel like something else is going to happen. Like, if they're going to end, they could end up in a Mountain West-type conference to me, but it won't be the Mountain West. There could be a new league formed. And I don't want that, don't want that like either. That either. I'm, I know I'm not painting a prettier picture. I just think that that's more realistic. Yeah, hopefully not. Uh, but we'll do more uh, conference talk with Dash on our interview. Um, let's let's hit on the NBA notes. The two Oregon State NBA superstars, Gary Payton II and Drew Eubanks, are forming a super team in Portland. Gary Payton II finalizing a three-year, $28 million contract. Eubanks coming up on a one-year deal. How do you feel, Sam? Are you fully back in the Blazer fold? Absolutely. I mean, I never left it. You and I were there in late April watching Alperon Senju and put up a career high in one of the more irrelevant NBA games to ever take place, frankly. And, and Drew Eubanks had a double-double in that game. Nothing but thoughts. I mean, there's going to be a promise season vibe to this, this upcoming Trailblazer team that has maybe never existed before. You and I know that the, the, there's not a lot of promise season magic dust surrounding the the Blazers franchise well I like it because first off we love GP2 love his game I think that's a great fit for the Blazers because they need a defensive wing you put them in kind of the power forward spot you move Jerry and Grant to the <laughs> to the two you move Anthony to the three and we go positionless um but I also like it because they talk a lot about culture in the NBA. And I think that word gets thrown around so much. You know, you got heat culture, you've bad culture, good culture, what makes a good culture. And I'll tell you what makes a good culture is just stealing someone else's good culture. And that's what the Blazers are doing by taking Oregon state, taking two players from Oregon state's first NCAA tournament team in 30 years. Oh, what serendipity too, that we, that this is coming shout out to the college basketball stories. We, we discussed that team in great detail over several cocktails. And I'm sure those are busy dudes, but that'll be out soon. But yeah, I mean, any chance you get to take a, a trip down memory lane with that 15-16 team, I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's great to see. I, that brings me back into the Blazer fold fully. My biggest question, though, is 
who gets the little chainsaw sound effect when they make a free throw, or do they just give it to both of them? Well, I think they give it to the whole team now. True. Yeah. Well, Damian Lillard is a Beaver fan. He it's out and out. He is not a Duck fan. It's not both, and it's not up for debate. He is a Beaver fan. Well, obviously, look at the roster. Right. Well, those are his boys. Yeah, we know who's behind all of this, anyways. But this has been true for a long time. He made his first trip to beautiful Reeser Stadium in like 2019 or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen him at a game in Gill. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, with that, let's get into our interview with Nick Dashell and talk about um, the conference realignment and hit the little notes on the new team. All right, we're here with uh, Oregonian, Oregon State beat writer, Nick Daschle. Um, Nick, thanks for coming on. How's your summer going? Good. I'm uh, you know, I'm on vacation right now and getting ready to, I guess I'm going to be, oh, I'll be covering the world track meet in Eugene in a couple weeks, and then it's off to Pac-12 Media Day, and, you know, it's just trying to catch my breath here a little bit. I can imagine it's going to be kind of a weird Pac-12 media day, maybe a little bit different vibe than there has been in recent years. Yeah, um, for sure. I'm trying to remember last year, you know, it was George was his first Pac-12 media day. So it was a lot of about that. And, the, you know, last than the year before it was, you know, COVID. So there wasn't one. So, yeah, everyone's been having a kind of a theme to it, I guess. And this year will be what the hell are we doing with the, with the conference? I would think in a month they might have a few better ideas, but, but yeah, it's definitely going to be heavy on, you know, the future of the conference for sure. That's a great jumping off point. Cause that's uh, really one of the main reasons we wanted to have you on to get your kind of insider take. Um, as most people listening to this know, UCLA and USC are both leaving uh, the Pac-12, I think, officially in 2024, or at least in very serious negotiations to do that, to join the Big Ten. Where do you think that leaves the conference? Because those are kind of the flagship schools. Um, where do you think this leaves the conference right now? Well, I mean, I mean, it's anybody's guess right now, and that includes the ADs. I mean, they, they don't – I mean, they're at the point – they're just – I mean, they just – dove into this two days ago so most of them anyway so i i mean my gut feeling is somehow they're going to save the conference but that's just a gut feeling i mean it, it i just wonder how much people are underestimating how difficult this is going to be on colleges to play and play in a conference where most of your schools are two and three time zones away it's just it's going to be expensive. It's going to be aware on the on the athletes and the coaches and administrators. I mean, yeah, it's more money, but at what cost? It, it, I, I think that's something that people need to really get a handle on before they jump in and go, well, let's go to the Big Ten. Let's go to the Big 12. Let's, you know, let's go here. Let's go there. It just makes more sense to stay on the West Coast if you can. That was my reaction is that I, I haven't talked to any football players from UCLA or USC, but I would think that they're not thrilled that now their road games are going to be in Des Moines, Iowa, um, instead of Eugene, Oregon, or Tucson, Arizona, or places their friends and family can probably go see them play. I mean, I, I mean, one story I, I'll probably do at some point is just, 
you know, let's look at Oregon State, for example. They played at Purdue last year. Well, that's the process you're going to have to do four or five times during a conference season if you're in the Big Ten. And, you know, was that was that more of a how, – how much more effort did they have to put into that road trip than, say, you know, one to Seattle or, you know, the Bay Area or whatnot? I mean – you gotta you gotta fire up the, the 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 trucks you know a day or two earlier in the week it's just it it's it's gonna be a lot of wear on the staff and and at, again at what cost i know the money's better but you know at some point you gotta weigh you know, weigh that you know the, the the human capital costs versus what you're actually gonna put in your bank account yeah it just seems like a decision that was made purely on football money because i can't imagine this being a positive boon for any of the sports i mean you could argue that the big 10 i guess it gets more media coverage during the year but that's a weaker basketball conference than what the pac-12 is right now when i think of ucla and usc schools i know that usc has historically had dominant football teams and ucla has had better seasons um recently but in my mind they're both more basketball schools than football schools and i feel like that takes a hit with this with them leaving the conference yeah, and this is what happens when you don't have strong leadership at the very top, you know, very top end. I mean, it just at what point are they going to go, okay, does it make sense to pull football out of everything else and let's let's take those out of the leagues? If if football was out of the mix, would they be doing this? There's no way. There's no way no, they would. Right. Uh, it just wouldn't make any sense. So, why not take football and make it its own separate animal? Do whatever you want, you know, conference-wise with football, but leave everything else intact because it's just going to be—it's going to be terrible. On I just think it's going to be terrible on the athletes, and I don't. And and the next thing that's going to happen is, you know, we have the NIL stuff, but at what time? At what point are the athletes going to go look at all the mo- extra stuff we're having to do for for really no extra money? It's time for us to be employees, and that's going to become an issue too. And so I, I I don't see a lot of good coming out of moving the conferences, but I'm afraid that's a real possibility for a lot of these Pac-12 teams. And this is all being driven by a football program, because really, it's to me, it's USC more than UCLA. UCLA just happens to be in the LA market as well, but it's a football program that went four and eight last year. Oh well, t- yeah, I mean. Sure, that's it, it's a USC driven thing, but UCLA is obviously part of that market too. And I, I don't think the Big Twelve would be Big Ten would be interested in just USC alone because that would really be an awkward situation for you know from a partnership standpoint. But but and I don't know for a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent sure that the UC system is on board with UCLA doing this either. You know, I I, I don't know. I don't. I haven't heard. I, I haven't spent a lot of time looking into that, but. I, I got to believe the UC system is is going. Well, wait a minute. Let, let's take a look at this and make sure this makes sense because, you know, the, UCLA is the only school in that system. Right, and it's kind of leaving Cal hanging out to dry with both yeah. those teams jumping out the door. Right, right. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens. I think uh, at least from the early stuff I'm reading, a lot kind of hinges on Oregon and Washington and what they decide to do. Because if they remain, those are kind of like the two big market schools left in the Pac-12. I guess Arizona's the big market school too, but I think a lot hangs on Oregon and Washington. It sounds like the Big 12 is not keen on taking them in. It's kind of looking at what Notre Dame's going to do. Well, the issue, there's two issues with Oregon and Washington from the Big 10 standpoint. One is if we take them in, do they add another hundred million each to our to our pot? 
can we increase the, the TV pie by 200 million a year? I don't think so. But, but so the other factor will be, okay, do we take a little bit less, but now we have these four schools on the West that will make everything work a little bit better travel wise and logistics wise and all that. I don't know the answer to that, but those are the two things that they'll be looking at for sure. And again, this is going to be a lot of stress on Oregon and Washington. If they go to the big 10, I just, I don't get it. I, I just, I don't get, I don't know that people have thought all this through and, and I'm sure they haven't. Yeah. I, I'm sure it was, feels like a cash grab. feels like a cash grab. So maybe they'll just kind of figure it out as they go along. It yeah, does make you like the last people they wanted input from was the, the, the players, the people that this would, the athletes, the people this would actually affect the most. Oh, and you know, you know, UCLA in their statement came out and said, this is, you know, this is all about enhancing the student athlete experience. <laughs> well, well, BS. That's just, that, that's just not true. That's not true. It, it's just not. And then uh, it's just disingenuous to say stuff like it. It's about money and that's what it's about. It's not about enhancing the student athlete experience. I don't think there's ever been a recruit, a UCLA recruit in any sport who thought, God, this deal would be a lot sweeter if I could play two road games in Iowa instead of Arizona or something yeah. like that. If I could just go to Michigan. <laughs> yeah, if this was just a football thing, I'd be okay with it because then we could do every, all the schools. But this is tennis. This is volleyball. This is basketball. This is, you know, this is a Thursday night. I mean, the 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 classroom stuff. And oh man, I I just don't even know how they're going to pull this off. Yeah, it'll be curious to see. Um, any thoughts on Oregon? There's been a lot of people just kind of switching gears and going to the Oregon State basketball team. Um, any thoughts kind of going into this new season? We've been talking about how it feels like a real start to a new era with the five freshmen they're bringing in. A couple of the new transfers are really young. Um, what are kind of your early thoughts on the team or anything you're kind of looking for? Folks yeah, I mean, at this point, it's, it's, it's purely, it's purely a guessing game on, you know, what, what they'll be able to do. I, you know, I've talked to Wayne a little bit, just, you know, they did just start workouts here not long ago with the players, you know, as a group. And so um, for people to think that this team is going to go from three wins to, you know, 18 wins next year, it's just not going to happen. There's just too much. The, 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 the talking point from all basketball teams these days that they go into seasons, how young they are. And, and, and that's because of the transfer movement. And so you kind of ignore that. But with this team, they really are young. This is yeah. – they pretty much turned over this roster. And they're – I'm not saying all five of the freshmen are going to have to play, but they're going to have to get – they're going to have to get big minutes out of at least a couple of them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then probably something out of another guy. And then, you know, the, the transfers are going to – you know, Christian Wright and the kid from USF. Um, you know they're going to have to they're going to have to step up and and be productive players for this team to even compete. I'm not even saying to win. I, I don't think. I mean, this isn't going to be a three and twenty eight team again. I, I I think the culture got way out of hand last year and and things just just unraveled in the locker room and and you know it showed on the court. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I, I think I think they're going to get it right that part of it right. But and I, and I and I know Wayne loves his new coaching staff, um, and mm -hmm. I think that that, that it, 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 it's just going to be a different feel altogether with this team. 
But I mean, and I and we haven't seen any sort of a non-conference schedule yet. But I I got to assume that they're gonna they've got the you know the PK tournament, which is going to be three, at least two pretty tough games, if not three, but probably two for sure. So I got to think that they're going to probably load up with some, you know, games they can get some W's and and whatnot because this team need this team's going to need some W's going into conference season. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I mean, I'm for this to be a successful season this next year. I would say I'm not going to set the. I guess I'm just not even going to go with a win thing. It's more about how competitive this team is. If if they're if they're in most of the games. And they can win some of the close ones, and you know maybe surprise a couple of teams, maybe get somewhere between nine and twelve wins. I think that's going to be a pretty good season for these guys. I, will it save Wayne's job? I don't know. I I, I would think if, if they're showing progress, it will. But um, you know, like I said, I I, I got to believe this team's going to be better. I, I know, I know, I know they like the guard Nick Crass. And Jordan Pope, um, Tyler Billado, he's going to be he's going to be a player. Maybe not you know right from the outset, but he's going to be a player. Um, you know, uh, the question mark, the, the question, some of the biggest question marks would be you know what what what's going on with Shoal Marial? Will he be able to contribute? Right. Is is Andela fully back to health? Will Glenn Taylor be able to take that you know that next step from being kind of a a role player to being "Quote unquote," you know, the star of the team. I, you know, those are things that all need to play. Will Christian Wright, you know, live up to, you know, what people think he was could have been going into Georgia? Those those mm-hmm. sorts of things. So, um, but it's going to be an inter- it's certainly going to be an interesting year. That's there that for sure. Just because there's so much newness to this team, it, I think Beaver fans are going to be pretty interested in it. The the thing that this group has going for it most to me right now in July is the Italy trip. I mean, you talked about it's going to be so important to find wins early in the season. And they, the, I it's great that not only will they at least have minutes together, but they're going to be playing teams that they're capable of beating. And that's some years, you know, you have a lot of seniors and guys that were on the team the year before and you go to Europe and yeah. it's a good experience for them, but it's not huge as far as gaining experience but th- with this group it will be and and to me yeah it's it's very fortunate that that trip landed on this year with this group oh yeah i, I was gonna mention yeah the the, the italy trip the, the timing couldn't have been better because they they really need you know this obviously this team and the coaching staff i mean the whole thing you know outside of you know wayne and um it's just the, there's so much there's so many new faces on this team that just having 10 days to two weeks on the road, you know, just bonding and doing things and, you know, playing basketball. I mean, this is, this is going to be a a big deal for the, for this team to just kind of get a feel for, you know, what they can, you know, where, where do we start? I guess it's not what kind of team they can be. It's just kind of like, okay, where, where are we starting? And they'll find that out in Italy. And generally, yeah, you, I mean, you're right. They don't typically play, you know, great, great teams over there but you never know i mean but just getting on the court and playing basketball and showing what they can do i think will be will be a real benefit to this team more so than most of these international trips they're they're able to take every four years yeah i think it's a a good luck sign one of the first few good luck signs that oregon state basketball's had (laughs) 
in a while. So I'm happy it fell to it. You just got to the lead eight a couple years ago. Jeez, you <laughs> already? That's true. That's true. You're right. Thank you for calling me out on that. Vegas 3 and 28 just sort of flushes it. We were in Vegas for the, the most recent Pac-12 tournament, and we reminded every Arizona fan that we were still the defending champs until, until otherwise. And, uh, yeah, I'm anxious to get back there. <laughs> that lasted about a day, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Arizona fans are very vulnerable about their success. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I, I mean, it's still like it's. I mean, it's a ways off from really getting serious about talking about Oregon State basketball. But, but yeah, it's it's certainly going to be more exciting to follow this team than 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 a year ago for sure. Yeah, we're all really looking forward to it. It's going to be it'll be fun. It's always fun to have these kind of like fresh starts, new chapters in life. So, looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. Um, any, Sam, you got anything else for Nick? I do have one quick roster kind of clarification question that some people may not have seen that Ahmad ran entered the portal for about 20 minutes yesterday and ended up he's now at Wisconsin Milwaukee now so does that before that they were one scholarship over the limit correct and now they are they have the 13 guys yeah yeah the, the yeah brand ran was I, I'm I'm pretty sure that was a that that was a move they they were able to, you know, work some work behind the scenes to get Rand right. uh, land him somewhere, and um, there was a couple places he could have went, and he ended up at Milwaukee. But yeah, that's 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 where. It, and you know, I I'm going to say this roster is about 98 percent set. I mean, there there's okay. still a, a slight possibility of, of one more move, but we have we've heard a rumor that we won't make you talk about on this. But we may ask you about it off air that yeah, I, I would love to know if there's any validity to. Yeah, I mean, but I don't I mean, at this point, I think the roster's pretty much set. So, um, yeah, they, they, that's what we've got. They they don't have the USF kid on here, but he's 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 on his way and I got to believe, you know, he his his background what he did at USF before he got injured last year. He's he's either going to be in the starting lineup or, you know, at least at least among the top 6 or 7 players. So, you don't bring in a guy like that if you don't think he's going to really contribute. So, right. yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for being on, Nick. Uh, enjoy your summer. All right. We'll see you. Thanks. Get back. Thank you, Nick. Get back right. to vacation. Sure. All right. All right. Big shout out to Nick Dashel for joining us. That was great. Dashel's a legend. Clearly, he Dashel's a Peyton head. I think there's a mutual respect there. We were few people were in the pit the way Nick was last year, and we are two of them. And so, I well, of course we appreciate him coming on and trying to make some sense of all that and giving just a few thoughts on the team as well. Yeah. We're foxhole brothers. And I, I didn't, I didn't want to cut them off at all, but of course you and I are still looking for the route to 22 wins. I just want to <laughs> clarify that as well, that, that, that cap that he put on it is not something we share, but that's, that's what we're here to bring. Yeah. Nick says 18 games is unrealistic. And I say exactly. Cause it's too low. <laughs> right. Like we're, we're on, we're on the same page. <laughs> um all right any shout outs on our way out of here i do and i know at this point this this happened several months ago but we i would be remiss if i didn't take a chance to shout out the gentleman 
that you and I briefly met at the Vancouver Volcanoes playoff game. Who it, like you and I have both been to a lot of basketball games in, in our lifetimes. Too many to count. I don't know if I can think of a funnier happenstance than took place with that old man screaming at a professional basketball players feet away from him that they were embarrassing themselves over and over again. Yeah, we went. <laughs> I know we I'm not a- doing it justice, but I had, I just had to, to bring that up again. Yeah, we went to a very lightly attended Va- Vancouver Volcanoes playoff game. They play in, what's it called? The Basketball League? TBL, yes. TBL, the Basketball League, which is a, a local professional basketball league. I guess this team's all over the country, but yeah. They play it was, in the local chapter of it, yes. Yeah, and it was a, a lightly attended game. It felt like mostly, it, me and Sam felt out of place because it felt like we were the only ones without a personal connection to a player on either team. And sitting right next to us was a man who was probably in his 70s who... When the Volcanoes did get down by 20 points, did start to scream at the top of his lungs in, a, in an empty gym, you're embarrassing yourselves, Volcanoes. Just shoot the ball. Clearly, he attended every game of theirs that season. If he missed one, I would have been shocked. Yeah, he was obviously like the... The grandpa of somebody's girlfriend or something like that. And it's maybe one of the cheer. We could not figure out who he was, but it, yeah. it meant a lot to him. Uh we did I also want to clarify, we did personally know several of the players on both teams, but yes, we did we were not a guest of anyone's. Yeah, that's that's a good clarification. And uh, I guess I just want to shout out Larry Scott um for doing a terrible, absolutely terrible, terrible job of being the Pac-12 commissioner and really setting up this whole thing by just dragging down the brand value for the Pac-12, not renegotiating TV rights when he had a chance, not uh, selling to ESPN, letting them take over the network when he had the chance. And now we pay the price. And, you know, I think Larry Scott's paying the price too, because I think I read somewhere, I can't remember what article it was. I think it might have been in the Oregonian that he made over $50 million or close to $50 million as the commissioner of the Pac-12 to just do a, a terrible job and essentially set the conference up to be ruined. So just, shout out to you, Larry Scott. You're a genius, I suppose. Right. I mean, like, it, I heard of any logical, sane, red-blooded person can would claim that there may not be someone who's done a worse job at anything than Larry Scott did at being the Pac-12 commissioner but you have to appreciate, like, I think he had a different goal in mind. Yeah, and I think this what is he was trying to accomplish. He did a pretty good job. I mean, like that, I, I would pay to get five minutes alone with that individual. But you can't say he did a bad job of, of raising his bottom line. And for that, I guess he wins and we all lose. It's Ocean's Pac-12 out there. I want that old man at that volcano <laughs> to give Larry Scott a piece of his mind. That would be satisfying to make Larry Scott sit and listen to that guy give him the what's what. I would accept that as a punishment as well. Um, all right. Well, I guess there's nothing else to say. I don't know when we'll check back in. Um, probably some point throughout the summer. We'll try and get some fun guests on here or go down and check out a practice or something. But until then, the only thing I really want to say is fuck the Ducks. Fuck the Ducks. All right, go Bees forever. See y'all soon.